0: I want you to use your imagination this morning just for a moment. Imagine that every day, every day, someone who loves you immensely deposits 86,400 pennies into a bank account with your name on it. It's all yours. Every penny is for you to use. Now, there is a catch. You have to spend every penny every day. There are no rollover pennies. Nothing goes forward into the next day. If you don't use it, you lose it. 86,400 pennies. And as you start thinking about that, what would you do? How would you respond to such a generous gift? Well, you might do a little calculation in your mind and you realize 86,400 pennies, that's $864 a day. Okay, now we're talking some real money here. And not only do you have $864 a day, there's seven days a week. So you're you're at approximately $6,000 a week of income. And then you think about there's 52 weeks in the year. You're talking about an income of approximately $315,000 a year. But the catch is you have to spend every penny every day. There's no rollover. There's no moving it forward. You have to spend it. You use it or you lose it. And I think most of us would say, I would love for that to be more than imaginary. I would love for that to be real. And you would start thinking how you could spend that money wisely, how you could make the most of every penny. You would think about how you could invest it for a greater impact. And you would start getting creative and serious And focused about how you could spend every one of those pennies every day. Well, we can come out of the world of imagination and we can come into the real world because there is someone who loves you with all of his heart, who deposits something into your account that is far more valuable than money. It is T-I-M-E. Every day, God gives you the gift of time. 86,400 seconds in every day. And contrary to how we sometimes talk, you cannot save time. All you can do is either waste it or make the most of it, but you can't save it. In fact, it was Benjamin Franklin who said, lost time is never found. And it was the Steve Miller band who said, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. And once it's gone, there is nothing you can do to get it back. It is a gift that God gives us every day, and He wants us to make the most of it. He wants us to use it wisely. He wants us to think about how that we can invest every second of our lives in living for Him and living for others. And yet, sadly, it is so easy for me and maybe for you to waste time and wasting time is more than just wasting time really wasting time is wasting life time is nothing more than your life that is measured and whenever we waste time we're wasting life we're wasting opportunities we're wasting great gifts now some people say well I think the most important commodity that I have is money But that's not true. The most important asset you have is time. You can always make more money, but you cannot make more time. And here's what I've discovered. The older I get, the more I value my time. Because I start to realize that my time is limited. And you don't make more time, you just spend the time you have. And you ought to make the most of the time that you have. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about how to make the most of the time that you have left. There's a passage of Scripture, it's a verse that we're just going to camp out on. And then I'm going to give you some practical ways to make the most of your time. And whether you're a college student and you're getting started in your college career or you've just graduated college and you're starting out your new life in the real world, or, or maybe you're, you're a husband and a wife and you got little kids at home and you're trying to do that balance act of work-life, home and work, and trying to manage everything. Or whether you're a senior adult and you're, you're getting ready to retire or maybe you already have retired. No matter who you are, this is important for us to talk about today. You see, time is the great equalizer. No matter if you're rich or poor, black or white, American or Haitian or whatever other nationality, it doesn't matter. We all have the same amount of time in a day, and we need to make the best use of it. The verse I want to read to you as we begin is Psalm 90, verse 12. Let me grab my stand here. Psalm 90, verse 12. It's on your notes. I'll also put it on the screen for you, but in Psalm 90, verse 12, we are taught about time. We're taught by Moses to value our time. This is what Moses said, Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Moses says, God, would you teach us to number our days? And would you help us to be careful about how we spend those days? Would you give us a heart of wisdom so that we know how to make the most of the time that you've given us? Moses is saying, God, would you help us to count our days so we can make our days count? I think one of the great tragedies of life is for a person to live their life with no forethought, no plan, no seeking wisdom of how to live the best life. And they come to the end of their life and they realize how much time they wasted. Another tragedy that I sometimes see is families that realize in those formative years of their kids' lives that those years go by so quickly. And one day you turn around and your your kids are no longer kids. They're grown and they're gone and they're out. And you say, oh, I wish I could get some of those, those days back those hours back, those seconds back. And I would have been at that ball game. I would have been at that ballet. I would have been at the recital. I would have been more available at dinner with my kids, but I've wasted that time and I can't get it back. I see people later in life who look back and they regret some of the decisions that they made early to not get serious about God and their relationship with God. And they realize, oh, I've wasted so much of that time. And Moses wants us to know that we should come to God with that prayer. God, would you help me to number my days, to count them so that I can make them count? Would you give me wisdom? God, my days are limited, so help me to be faithful with that limited resource that you've given me. I think it's a great thing that our, our nation and our world and many people are concerned about uh, these the, these items and these resources that we have, these natural resources that are non-renewable and we want to be careful in how we manage and how we go forward. But the greatest non-renewable resource any of us have is T-I-M-E. We've got to be careful about how we use it. We've got to be wise about how we use it. Now, if you're like me, there's a lot in your past that you wish you could go back and do over again. Man, I wish I would had buckled down and been more serious about my education. I wish I'd have been more faithful to invest in relationships with people and not be so work-driven. I I wish that I would have been a little better at spending my money and taking time out of my schedule to plan for the future and retirement. I don't know what yours might be, but maybe it's something like that. Well, we can't go back, but we can today say, God, would you teach us to number our days and give us a heart of wisdom so that we can live for you. So that we can live a life that actually matters. So I want to give you three ways today to make the most of the time you have left. Because time keeps on slipping. Slipping. Slipping into the future. Now this is an hour clock. An hour glass. So when the hour is up, I'll stop talking, okay? So that's uh... And some of you are going to be for striking that thing so quickly so ferociously. Let me give you the first way to make the most of the time that you have left. That is calendar your values. Here's a practical way to make the most of the time you have left. Calendar your values. I'm not asking you today to do more. I'm not asking you to add to your schedule. I'm asking you not to do more, but to do what matters more. So often, if we're not careful, uh, we will forget what matters the most in life. And what we need to do is identify what matters the most in my life. What do I truly value? What do I truly believe should be a priority? What do I truly believe makes the most difference and significance in my life and through my life? And when you've identified those values, put them on your calendar. Because if you do not calendar your values, other people will calendar their values. If you don't calendar your priorities, other people will calendar their priorities on your calendar. And that happens all the time. We say, man, my marriage is so important to me. And yet, we have long since stopped dating our spouse. We we get so busy Working, we get so busy raising the kids. We get so busy paying the bills. We get so busy going to church and being involved in church activities that we look around and we realize we haven't really invested much time in us as a couple in a long time. Or we say, my friendships are valuable. And yet we get so driven with work that we don't take time to just hang out with our friends once in a while. Well, church is important, but it's so easy, isn't it, to pull away from church, to get disconnected from gathering with other believers, to worship God, and to read the Bible, and to pray for one another. And if we're not careful, that value that we said is true doesn't show up on our calendar. That's why I quoted someone last night on Facebook when they said, they said, Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. In other words, I'm going to go ahead and put it on my calendar. We're going to church. We're going to be involved in worship. And I'm going to calendar my values. You see, your values should determine the priorities of your life and the pursuits of your life. What is it that you value? And whenever you find your values, you find those things that make you feel satisfied in life. Whenever you're living by your values, you feel significance. When you are living by your values, you feel affirmed. Whenever you're living by your values, you feel like your life has purpose and meaning. It's more than just the rat race and the mundane day-by-day. That When you're living by your values, you feel you're being true to who you are and what you believe is important. But the opposite is true. When you don't live by your values, when you say, this is what I believe, but that doesn't impact how you behave, you start feeling devalued. The values get crowded out and you become frustrated and dissatisfied and bored and angry and irritated and you wonder what's the problem. The problem could be that you're not living by your values. Maybe you ought to ask yourself, what are my values? What are the relationships that are important in my life? What are the responsibilities that are important in my life? For example, in my life, I mean, my number one relationship, and, and you're going to say, well, it's because you're a preacher, but I think it's for all of us, should be God. That the number one goal of life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That he's our God, he's our creator, he's our Lord, he's our savior He deserves to be first. Jesus is the one who said that, by the way. That's not me making this up. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of your mind. So we love God with everything we have. We put him first in our lives. And here's what I'm discovering. I'm not perfect. Don't, Don't walk out of here saying it was nice hearing this time management expert today. No, no, I'm not an expert in anything. But here's what I'm discovering I love you best when I love God most. And not only is my relationship with God a value in my life, then is my relationship with my spouse, my wife, and then my children, and then my family, and then my church family. And because those are values in my life that I hold dear, I have to make time in my calendar to make sure I'm not neglecting those things. As a matter of fact, I actually have something that I call, you're going to love this, I call it my ideal week. I call it my ideal week because it has never happened perfectly like I've put it on the calendar. Uh, if you want it, I'll, I'll send it to you in an Excel file. This is my ideal week. And what I've done for a long time is I, I put on the top of my, my calendar who I am and my relationships that are important to me. And then I start blocking in on different days of the week, the values that I want to make sure I'm living by. There's, there's exercise time in here. That one doesn't always get fulfilled, but it's on there. Because it reminds me. And my family time is on there. And my church time, not just uh, meetings and staff meetings and activities, but worship is on here. Because I'm not just your pastor. I'm here. I'm worshiping God together with you on Sundays or when I'm not here, watching it live stream like I did uh, when Don and I were on our 30th wedding anniversary up in the mountains. We were live streaming with you as uh, Matt preached. So I put these things on here. Why do I do that? Because I've discovered whenever I'm facing all kinds of interruptions or opportunities or invitations, if I'm not careful, I will say yes to so many things, my values get pushed aside. In fact, that leads me to the second step in making the most of the time you have left. And that is say no to many little things so you can say yes to a few big things. One of the best things you'll ever do is learn how to say no. For some of you who have been in our church for a long time, uh, you remember when our children, Don and our our children, were little. And you remember that there were times that there were major church activities happening. Events, programs, uh, monthly fellowships that go on in our church. That the pastor and his wife weren't here. And I want to thank you as a church For the fact that we never felt pressured to be at church events if it meant we had to sacrifice important events in our family. There were a lot of little things we could have been involved in, but we said no to a lot of little things so that we could say yes to some big things. When my children needed to go to ball practice, I wanted to be there and take them. When my children had ball games, I wanted them to see Daddy on the sidelines cheering them on. When our children had programs at school, I wanted them to see mom and dad together saying, we're here for you. I didn't want to be the family where the child is looking around saying, where's my dad? Oh, well, he's, he's at the church. He's at a function with a handful of people that's great and he loves it. And they're going to feed him well, by the way. <laughs> but they're going to have those every month and they're going to have them for years. They've had them for years before this. They'll have them years after this. But you won't get this moment back with your child's life. And I want to personally thank you as our family for being that kind of church that never pressured us. Where's the pastor? Oh, he's at the little league game. Well, good for him. Where's the pastor and his wife? You know what? They're on a date night. They're not here for this event. Good for them. That's the kind of church you were. And it taught us to say no to many little things so that we could say yes to a few big things. It's not enough to have a to-do list every day. You need a to-don't list. But I'm just not going to do this. There's some things that are on your schedule, and you look at them, and they're wasting your time, and you just need to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Maybe it's a responsibility you just need to cut out of your schedule. Maybe it's something you just should delegate to someone else. It's important, but someone else can do that. Or maybe it's a time waster. Do you know that time experts say that the average American spends over 11 hours a day consuming social media and movies and Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu. So we're watching the news, we're streaming our favorite television shows, we're listening to podcasts, uh, we're surfing the internet, we're keeping up with our favorite political commentator, And we as Americans are spending on average 11 hours a day consuming media. And then we say, I believe in the word of God. Do you read it? No. (laughs) I don't have time. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Maybe there's some things that are good, but they're just in the wrong place. Or they've reached a level that is taking away from the best thing that you ought to be doing, and you need to say no to some of those things. It was Louis Giglio, pastor of Passion City Church, who said, whenever you say yes to anything, there is less of you for something else. And he said, I loved this, I wrote it down, make sure your yes is worth the less. If I'm saying yes to this, that means I'm saying no to something else. If I'm saying yes to this person, it means I'm saying no to this person. Make sure your yes is worth the less. And there's a lot of stuff in in our lives that we're saying yes to, and they're not really important. They're not valuable. They're not helping us live the best life that God has for us. And we need the courage to say no. It's okay to say no to some things. Even Jesus said no. Every night he went to bed, there were still sermons he could have preached, people he could have healed, lessons he could have taught his disciples, villages he could have visited. But he said yes to the big things that the Father had for him, knowing it meant no to a lot of other little things that maybe others thought he should do. But you're going to have to learn how to say no to a lot of little things, to say yes to some big things. And then, number three, You not only calendar your values and say no to many little things so you can say yes to a few big things. Third, use your time wisely by fulfilling the Lord's will. Now listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus, there's some good stuff in what I've already said. Listen, you need to calendar your values. What's important to you? Put it on your schedule. Make sure it doesn't get crowded out by other people's values and other people's priorities for your life. And yes, you too need to learn how to say no to a few or to to a lot of little things so you can say yes to a few big things. But just for a moment, I want to speak to those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. Listen, when it is all said and done, one of the greatest tools you'll ever use to evaluate how you're using your time is ask yourself, is this helping me to fulfill God's will for my life? Is God a part of your life? Is he a part of your plan? Is he the one directing your values? Is he the one that is helping you understand the important relationships in your life? Is God's will important to you? In, Philipp- in, I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, the apostle Paul said, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. And what do wise people do? How do wise people walk or conduct their their lives? Wise people are making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That Saturday night that Don and I were on our anniversary, uh, it snowed in Landrum, South Carolina. And so we we stood out on the balcony of this uh, bed and breakfast and we overlooked the mountains and we just watched the snow as it fell. We woke up the next morning, and there were several inches of snow covering the ground. And of course, we said, we got to get out now and get out and see the snow and walk around and and explore. And one of the first things we did is we were careful about how we walked, because we're from Florida. We're not used to having to think about ice. We're, We're not used to having to think about something that is invisible but will pull you down in a heartbeat and hurt you if it can. So we come down the stairs and we walk out our door and there we walk through the path to get outside and we had to be careful as we walked because of the ice and the snow on the ground. As we later got out and drove around, we saw cars in ditches because they had driven across ice and slid off the road. We had to be careful. And you know what? This whole world wants to pull us away from the true values that Jesus taught us. Not only did he say in Matthew 22 that you're to love God with all your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. He also said in Matthew 22, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. And it seems to me like our whole world wants to pull us away from those two values Where we're not focused on loving God and loving others. We use God and we use others. Or we ignore God and we ignore others. And we live in evil times that don't want to help us live for God, but wanna pull us down, make us slip up, make us lose our footing. But wise people make the most of the time. We know that time is limited, time is short. We know that we've only got one life to live. And we live in a day where we need to be focused on the Lord's will for our life. It was C.T. Studd who said, he wrote a poem, and it said, Only one life. Yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I hear the call, in other words, when I die and I stand before God, I know I'll say, it was worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. And that's true. You say, well, how do I know I'm spending my time wisely? Well, there's a lot we could say today, but because of time being short, because time is limited, let me just give you something that might clarify it. You will know you're living wisely. You'll know you're spending your time wisely if you're spending your time lovingly. If you're spending your time selfishly, if you're spending your time in ways that hurt you and hurt other people, if you're spending your time in ways that ignore God, then you're not spending your time wisely. But if you're spending your time wisely, you will also be spending it lovingly. Because here's what Jesus said I've quoted him already love God, love others. And as we evaluate our time, does it help us to love God? Does it help us and show how we love others? Those should be the values of our lives. Here's what I've been trying to convince you of this morning. Make the most of the time you have left by making time for what matters most. Make the most of the time you have left by making time, by putting it in your schedule, putting it on your calendar, putting it on your to-do list, making time for what matters most. That's what my ideal week looks like. Do I ever get it perfectly? Never. But I try to make time in my week for what matters most. And sometimes when I have an opportunity or an invitation, I look at it and say, no. It's a good thing, but no. No. Because this is what I value. And if I say yes to that, I'm going to say no to this. One of the things on my list is pastoral care. Another item on my, and so I've got a whole block of time where I just focus on who do I need to call? Who do I need to visit? Which has been hard in this last year in the pandemic. Who do I need to send a card to? Who needs some counseling that's asked for a meeting? I've got a time where I want to, to, to live that out. But you know, there's also a time where I said, I want to make sure that I'm telling other people about Jesus who don't yet know him. And so I put that on my calendar because if I don't do it, that will be missed. I'll get busy doing everything else, spend a whole week and never tell anybody about Jesus. This Tuesday, pray for me because I have an appointment with someone I've never met. She is nearing the end of her life. She doesn't have assurance of her faith. And I'm going to get to visit with her on Tuesday. And so I'm humbled that she wants me to come and talk to her. And her son and I talked yesterday, and he said, please talk to my mom. I don't know if she's ready to meet Jesus. And so if I didn't have that on my calendar, I would have been too busy. But I'm going to make time for those kind of calls, those kind of visits, those kind of appointments. What should be on your list? What should be on your calendar? So here's your homework. I'm just going to give you one thing to do. I want you to calendar just one of your values this week. You may have five different things that you value, but you're going to get overwhelmed with all of those and trying to fit them in your calendar. So just think of one thing that you value in your life and say, that's going to be on my calendar this week. Let me, let me give you some examples. Maybe it's a date night with your sweetheart. Maybe it's attending your life group or, or at least zooming back in uh, with your life group. Maybe it's saying, I'm going to make sure that I sit down at dinner with my family at least once this week rather than them always having dinner without me. Or we're going to have a movie night with the kids. Or we're going to call that financial planner and we're going to begin the talk about planning for retirement. Or I'm going to make sure it's on my calendar that I'm going to study for that exam at college. Because if I'm not careful, I'm going to go all week and I'm not going to study. And then I'm going to try to cram all night before. And then before the test, oh Lord, help me to remember that which I never studied. Not that I ever did that. I'm just, I've heard of people uh, who've done that. Maybe you need to put on your calendar. I'm going to call my parents and just talk. How are you doing, mom? How are you doing, dad? Maybe you need to tell someone about Jesus, and it's going to be on your calendar. Oh, I'm waiting for the church to come back with a visitation program. Why are you waiting? What stops you from telling anybody? What stops you from knocking on a neighbor's door? I'm going to develop our family budget, so we're going to sit down and I'm going to work on that budget. I'm going to schedule time to write those thank you notes that I've been meaning to write. I'm going to make time for exercise this week. I don't know what should be on your calendar, but I'm going to ask you to calendar one of your values this week. Make time for what matters most in your life. Maybe for you, I'm going to go ahead and put it on my calendar. If you're watching from home, I'm going to put it on my calendar that next Sunday, church is going to be a part of my schedule. I'm, with you. I'm going to live stream in, or I'm going to come back to worship in person. But I'm going to make sure that focusing on God with other Christians is going to be a part of my weekly life. I want to pray for you. Next week, I'm going to encourage you to come back. I want to talk to you about something important that I think we all need to hear and, and, and uh it's about what do you do when you're worn out? What do you do with your time when you're exhausted? What do you do with your time when you feel like you're being pulled in a million different directions? None of you know what I'm talking about, but, but just humor me and come back. If you're feeling a little stressed and pulled and, and tired and exhausted, uh, you come back next week and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let me pray for you, okay? Father, we thank you and praise you for this time we've had together. And we do thank you for the time to sing our praises to you, to observe communion, to open up your word and to hear from you as you speak to us through your word. But God, we pray that we'll walk out of this place today and we'll do something about what we've heard. God, we know that you have given us a great gift of time and we know that time is limited and we know that you want us to be wise and you want us to make the most of the time So God, help us to make the most of the time we have left by making time for what matters most. Help us to be intentional. Help us to write out a plan, to put it on the calendar so that we can live the life that you'd have us to live. And Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. And we pray if there's anyone here today that needs Jesus or anyone watching online today who needs Jesus, that they will not put it off another moment because Time is short. Maybe today they'll say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess to you I'm a sinner. I believe you lived a perfect life, died for me on the cross of Calvary, and I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day. And I don't understand it a lot, but I know this. You came to save sinners. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Save me from my my sin. Come into my life. And I take you at your word when you said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Heavenly Father, whoever that is making that decision to trust Jesus, may they not be ashamed to let the church know, today I've committed my life to Jesus. To comment below, to go to our website and let us know on the Let's Connect card that today they've committed their life to Jesus. Or if they're in the room, to come to me and say, today I've just trusted Jesus to be my Savior. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.